0: Show me the football. Are you ready for live football on your phone? With the Yahoo Sports mobile app, you got it. Watch local and primetime NFL games on your phone or tablet all season long. Never miss your local game. Never miss a big national matchup. All you need is the Yahoo Sports app. Get the Yahoo Sports mobile app and you are gold. Welcome.
1: The Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Robert Mays, joined as always by Kevin Clark. Kevin, how you doing, buddy?
0: I'm okay. I was going to bring up the fact, I just read an article about five minutes ago, that Post Malone spends $40,000 a year on Postmates. I don't know if you saw that, but that's not really what I'm fascinated with now, because 30 seconds ago, you said something that just changed (laughs) my entire life, and it's that you rarely podcast. Now, we can't see each other. We're on the podcast. No. No one can see it. However, you just revealed that you rarely podcast without a hat on because you don't like the way that your hair feels when you're podcasting, even though no one can see you. Can you please explain that not only to to the listener, but to me, your podcast host, co-host and friend?
1: There are two things. I theoretically could podcast without a shirt on or a hat on. And I don't do either of those things because I don't know. The shirt thing seems weird and the the hair thing... You've seen my hair when it's not done. We've done podcasting in each other's rooms at odd hours of the night after Super Bowls and stuff. Sure. I mean, it, it, when it dangles in my face, I just can't think because I'm so distracted by my hair in my face. So I often just throw a hat on, whether it's a beanie or a baseball cap, just to feel more secure. Is that weird? Maybe that's weird. I don't know. It's not totally normal. Okay. I don't know. I have specific podcasting like qualities that I need. Okay. I, I I'm I'm wearing a very baggy sweater right now, very very baggy bear sweatshirt that was my dad's because I'm I was telling you, I'm really leaning into fall in Chicago. It's my favorite time. So I'm in pajama pants and a very baggy bear sweatshirt. So I'm really living my best life.
0: It's funny to me that, that that's your idea of fall. My idea of fall is like low 60s, high 50s. So, you know, I'm from New York. Or I'm not from New York. I lived in New York uh, before I lived in Los Angeles, lived in Florida before that. So I, you said it was like 30 there. That's no, it's 48. Fall. It's
1: 48. When I walked outside, when I took the dog out earlier, it was much colder. So it's currently 48 degrees in Chicago, which is great for me. I'm in that unfortunate part, though, where I now I'm going to a concert tonight and I don't know if I should bring a coat and I have to check. It's like that's the only bad part about fall is that I'm going You have I'm extra to layers
0: tonight too, but um, that's pretty much your
1: M.O. I, I don't go to as many concerts. This is a big no, event for me. Who are you seeing? I'm going to see Brian Fallon. That's really fun. I saw Brian Fallon a couple weeks ago. It was a uh, it was very funny. He heckled me while I was in the crowd. That's exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I have a slight relationship with them now because I did that oral history, but it was very funny. I am seeing Nine Nails tonight, which will be a much different experience than you seeing Brian Fallon. Is Trent Reznor going to heckle you? I don't think he is. I don't think Trent Reznor knows who I am. So uh, That's a pretty good bet. Okay. Let's talk about football. Here's what we're doing. Uh, as we're, we've done it pretty much every Thursday as of late, kind of taking one big picture topic and had that be the Thursday, the kickoff to the Thursday show. So what we're going to do this week is that now that the rumor mill and the trade rumor mill is really starting to churn, we're going to do a trade show. We're going to talk about some players that might be on the block. We're going to talk about some teams that should be considering making trades. So this is going to be, again, just a wide ranging look at the league and just the landscape of the trade market and how it currently exists. Let me say this first, Kevin. I am so glad that these are worth doing now. I was always so jealous of the NBA trade deadline and how the NFL sucked and we've both written about this, why it's more robust, why there's more movement at the deadline now in the NFL. But it just makes this time of year so much more fun. I'm so happy.
0: Yeah, so obviously, just to recap for people who don't know, the salary cap rises $10 million every year. So you can basically fit anything. You know, the sort of… Yeah, the money's fake. The, 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 the guidebook for all of this is the Marcel Darius trade because before yes. Darius was traded, that summer, that training camp, even early in that season, they were like, oh you know, the Bills would love to get under, get out under Marcel Darius's contract, but it's just untradeable. And then it was tradable. And the reason is because of just how much cap space there was floating around. And beyond that, just the aggressiveness of younger GMs who are now in the league. I mean, we'll get to it, but you know, I, the chiefs were going for it with Earl Thomas before Earl Thomas got hurt. And that's someone like a, a Brett Veach who's saying, let's just go for it and and I just think that there's a a new I think there was sort of an old school idea maybe 10 15 years ago certainly that standing pat was the best thing to do develop your own players and and there's certainly still a lot of that in the NFL but I think that they understand that there are I I think that the sort of uh new way of thinking from other sports that they've adopted a decade ago is 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 definitely leaking into football in in phases
1: yeah, we'll talk about some of those factors as they apply to certain teams. But before we do that, and before we kind of take a more you know, bird's-eye view of it all, let's talk about some specific players. Yeah. So who are some guys right now? You know, Maybe they're guys that other people have talked about already. Maybe there are people that you don't think are getting enough attention right now. Who do you think are some people that you could see being on the move here in the next week or so?
0: Okay, so wait. So I, I want to propose a trade. Before I get to actual things, like actual things that I think want like will help in football terms. I want to throw this out here because I don't think it's I've seen it anywhere, and I'm just going to throw it out there because I want to speak it into the universe. So the Jaguars need a quarterback, but not a quarterback so good he's going to automatically be the starter. They want to protect Blake Bortles' ego for some reason. I don't understand it, but that seems that's to a be the weird way, approach. That seems to be the way it's going. Okay. They don't have a ton of money. They have $10 million in cap space, but obviously um, next year becomes a nightmare, so they can't really carry much money into next season. They also don't want to give up a high pick. There's a team out there who has a pretty good third quarterback. Their GM loves mid-round picks, loves them. So maybe a fifth-round pick does it, and he's only making a million dollars this year, and then he's done. Robert, who am I proposing? I really don't know.
1: I I honestly don't know, and now I'm super intrigued. Robert Griffin III. Wow. Let's
0: do this. Tyrod Taylor is too expensive. Ryan Fitzpatrick's too unpredictable. Griffin made the team because he had a good training camp. He's, he is good enough to play in spurts, and he's low risk. Let's just get this done.
1: It makes too much sense. It's the type of move they should have done this summer or this spring. It, they just aren't going to do it. I understand Let's, where you're no, coming we're from, from here, it, but it's we're just just speaking not happening. it into the universe. All right, who's your There's first? no way they do it. There's no way.
0: There's well, just no way they do it. Now that I've now that I've spoken into the universe, there's no telling what's going to happen. Um you know, so what uh, the other the other one I want to throw out, I have a third obviously, but the other one I want to throw out very quickly is you know, again, the Chiefs were clearing the deck for an Earl Thomas trade before he got uh I think it was for a second round pick. And you look at the Chiefs and and you know, the fact that they still do need secondary help. It's it's it's, it's it is not particularly good. They are seventh in the NFL in net yards per attempt, uh, defensively 6.9 yards per game. That's not good when you're giving up seven yards per pass. Um, they need secondary help. Maybe it's a cornerback, someone like a Janoris Jenkins, but that might be a little pricey. Uh, maybe it's someone, you know, Rob Domovsky floated the idea of the Packers maybe thinking about trading HaHa Clinton Dix, just in the sense that he's already talked about the fact that that he's not coming back next year. I mean, that seems to be the the model for a for a secondary player in uh, in Green Bay, and so you know maybe maybe that's the move. And I, I don't know how much money there is to go f- forward in Kansas City. I mean, the one thing I want to say, and we talked about it a couple minutes ago before I start. We started this podcast, but if you have Patrick Mahomes and you have this team, and you really win the Super Bowl, my advice is to try to win the Super Bowl because. This isn't the NBA. Every variable is not just going to carry over from one year to the next. You have no idea what's going to happen next year. Injury luck, turnover luck. Um, you know, just guys regressing for random reasons. Uh, teams look vastly different every single year. Look at the Eagles. If the Eagles yeah, di- absolutely. didn't have, that's a perfect if, example. If the Eagles didn't have that deep roster that was acquired obviously before the season, but they made some moves inside the season they would not have won the Super Bowl. And then now they would have said, damn, maybe our, maybe our four-year window is closed. Maybe our Carson Wentz cheap contract window is closed. You just don't know. All I know is that the Chiefs have a window. They can win the Super Bowl. We know this, so try to win the Super Bowl. I mean, you, know, you look at Dan Marino. Dan Marino, I think before the passing boom, certainly, was the best quarterback in the history of football, the most electrifying quarterback in the history of football. Every stat that gets rewritten now because of the passing boom those were all Dan Marino's stats. He owned every single stat. And he got to the Super Bowl in his second year. And I think there was a lot of complacency around the Dolphins at that point. And he never got back to the Super Bowl. And he obviously never won a Super Bowl. And now we, we put him in the sort of Charles Barkley, sort of Mount Rushmore of, of guys who never won the Super Bowl. And you just start to wonder. I, my general philosophy is when you have the window, take it. Okay. When you have the window, take it. And if you're the Chiefs, you do everything you can to
1: win the Super Bowl because that's the point. I totally agree with everything you just said. My question is, why would the Packers trade Ha Clinton Dix if they think they're a playoff team? I, I well, first of all, I do you think they're a playoff team? I don't think they are, but I absolutely would believe it, that they've deluded okay, themselves all, into thinking they are.
0: All, I'm not saying Ha Clinton Dix is gonna go to the Chiefs. And in fact I'm I'm not even what I'm saying is that those two things are perfect for each other. If I'm that with happened, you. Rob Domofsky saying that they that 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 could be trade target as far as Ha Clinton Dix and the Chiefs trying to get big time secondary help. If those two things are as real as we both think they are, and I don't, we don't know about the Clinton Dix thing. Then, then I think that's marriage made in heaven. That's all.
1: Uh, Carl Joseph's also another name. I know it's in the division, so there's a good chance that the Raiders wouldn't do it. But I think the Raiders would do anything at this point. I think they'd do anything for a draft pick, Carl That's Joseph. The point where they've reached, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I guess. I is uh, what? What has he done? Is he playing every game this year?
1: Uh, he's been benched. I mean, he's right. not a. He's a worse option than Ha Ha Clint Dix. Let's be fair. Is I mean, he? Let's be- be clear. Are we
0: sure he's better than the safeties they have now? I know. I saw. Ron, Ron I Park. would
1: still take a chance on him. Just be for the price tag.
0: I saw it, they have the funny PFF ratings before each uh, each game, each Sunday night game, and it was like they're Ron Parker was like 78th of 82. <laughs> that's great. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, that's, I, that's nice what I'm ranking. saying. I think that he'd still be better. That's um, nice Rank. Is there anybody in the, like the popular names being thrown out that intrigue you at all? Demarius Thomas, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. All any of those, or, or do you um, feel like that's just like the pipe names get thrown out that are thrown out for a reason because they're not that interesting. Wait
0: a second. Carl Joseph's from Orlando. Look at you. You should have known that. He went to Edgewater. I all high you guys school. Knew each he other. went to Edgewater. That's our high school's rival.
1: He's That's embarrassing today. for you. This is a
0: nightmare. Well, he didn't go to a Florida school, so nobody cared about him inside the state. There you go. But how did I not know that? Wow.
1: Tough this moment t- for you, buddy. I'm, sli-
0: I'm slipping. You really are. Have you watched any Magic Games this year? Yeah. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I have watched a Magic Games going to one in a couple weeks. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I mean, I think that no one's gonna pay that high a price for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, no, well, also, and, and I feel oh, like… They should. They should. The Jaguars should, for God's sakes. But, but the Saints a,
1: traded for him for a
0: reason. No, of, of course. Of course. And we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to Saints quarterback talk in a little bit. No, I'm not <laughs> that intrigued by, by someone like LaShawn McCoy. Uh, any interest in Devontae Parker?
1: No. I, I no, think I'm, he's the least interesting one of all of them. I feel like you could probably talk to yourself into Demarius Thomas, although the contract is onerous. <laughs> So that I means it's a little less attractive, but I kind of like the ESPN did a
0: great job with these all thirty-two um, reporters. It's a good up idea. The trade target. Uh, I, I kind of like Jeremy Fowler giving up Artie Burns. I mean, you could take a flower on Artie Burns. Uh,
1: the Demarius Thomas contract actually isn't that bad. He's three point five, three point five million in dead money after this year. You know, you have to pay him. I mean, he's he making twelve this year. You don't have to pay all of it. Yeah. Obviously, it's about half that. But I mean, it. I don't know. I'm interested by this. I mean, it's not to have a 12 it's eight eight 8.5 is base, but I mean, you, you're it's here's all that you need bad. to
0: know about how good the chargers are this year. Their are Michael. Excuse me. Eric Williams suggestion for a trade. Someone they could trade is their backup kicker. They've got so many good kickers. Is that, that they really got to
1: trade one? I'm curious what the chargers might do. They're a team where I'm sitting there looking at the roster. and am like, God, who could they go get? And then I'm, I don't know if they need anybody necessarily. I, mean, I think they could just let it ride for the most part. You know, their roster is pretty solid. You're getting uh, Joey Bosa back for the you know most likely after this week. I think they're on buy, so that's the hope is that they get him back. They can slot him into that other spot. Mm-hmm. I'm. It feels like they could go out and get a tackle, but I don't know who it is. That that's the problem with offensive line, is that there aren't teams that have just surplus good linemen. So you can't just go find one. But and they, sure they could probably use another guy. They're a team. And this is somebody I'm going to throw out. Cause I feel like if we're talking about the Raiders being willing to sell everybody off, if your team, like the Vikings or even a team, like the chargers who are starting Dan Feeney, who's not playing very well, why wouldn't you make a call about Kaleche some way?
0: Yeah, no, I know. And, and you know, it's tough. One of the things that's that's tough about trades in general is we have no idea because the sport changes so quickly, we have no idea who teams even value. You know, the 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 thing I think about all the time with 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 regards to that is the George Ioka just released that just came out of nowhere in August. And yeah. it's because they had a guy behind him who's really good, who's the second best safety in the in, in all of football right now, according to PFF. And so you just don't even know. It's one of those things where the only people who know know who's available are the GMs inside the league who can just send texts to the other GMs. You know. I mean, so it's it's really interesting to me. I agree with you about Osemele. Uh I think he's really intriguing option. I think that we'll get to this in a second. I think that the I think Gruden's feeling himself a little bit as a little proto Sam Hanky. <laughs>
1: yeah. I kind of like it. We'll talk we'll talk about it in a second. Let's talk about a couple more guys specifically. I so Osemele is one of them and Let's chat about him and the Vikings very quickly because I want to talk about, in the same way that you were discussing the Chiefs, just how much urgency these teams should have. Because yep. if you're in Minnesota, and even if you are not the team you thought you were going to be coming into the season just by virtue of how well you're playing, your plan is still short-term. Mm-hmm. This Kirk Cousins thing is three years long. So if you're the Vikings, why wouldn't you make a call for a guy like that? Because you desperately need offensive line help, especially on the interior.
0: Yeah, I mean... Like the Chiefs, the Vikings would need to really clear the deck cap-wise. Yes. There's a lot of gymnastics that would have to happen. Yeah. But again, we, we've seen time and time. The New Orleans Saints have shown us that anything is possible with the cap over the past but decade.
1: But just with the do Saints whatever. whatever. Do, the Saints do, which is my favorite thing, is that the Saints just put void years at the end of contracts in yeah. order to ensure that they're going to have to pay dead money. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. Like, it's, it's amazing. I wrote this today. I was writing about the Dolphins. The Dolphins uh, have like $15 million in cap space right now, which is awesome because if you're a team, I don't know, like the Eagles or a team theoretically like the Vikings, mm-hmm. where you feel like, all right, we're a contender. We're going for it. All win or the Rams. I can understand being a little cash strapped. You know, the Jags aren't necessarily that far from that conversation, the Dolphins are bad. <laughs> Why do they have $15 million in cap space? It's amazing. It's for, it's so they can re-sign Brock Osweiler
0: to a 17, uh, $72 million deal after this season. I,
1: I really, really like it. It's, so the Saints,
0: the Saints and Vikings, it's funny that they play this, this week. They have combined $2 million of cap space. That's okay.
1: I mean, that's those fine. teams are going for it. No, I'm just saying at the trade deadline, that's a little tough. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, it's hard to make moves at that point. But again, yeah. it's more about the plan you had coming into the season. I can understand no, why course. those I mean, teams I are in like, space.
0: A lot of teams would love to be in their position. Yes, absolutely. I mean, um,
1: especially the, uh, the the Saints. I mean, I think the Saints are in a really good spot. The Eli Apple trade, I understand why you make it. I mean, they needed to go get some cheap help in the secondary. And it makes yeah. total sense that they would try to go get a distressed asset who is right now young in a bad situation, and isn't going to cost you a lot. What's going on? The Saints cap department just
0: intrigues me to no end. I kind of, (laughs) I think it's like a a wolf of Wall Street thing. I just think it's just like, they just say, let's just sign them. Let's just give them money. Remember when they signed Jairus Bird for some reason? Oh, and that, was that, that was, was the, the best they just played three safeties? That was the best move one. of
1: all time. Yeah, that was my favorite one because it made absolutely no sense like financially.
0: No, it never has. It's like they went out and they raided <laughs> like Bear Stearns and they were like, let's just
1: get those guys to manage our team. So one more guy for the Chiefs that we did not mention that if we're talking about teams that are just selling off assets, I mean, we just talked about the Giants. Why wouldn't you call the Giants about Landon Collins? Yeah.
0: That's, I mean, that's, I, been, he, that's been bandied about quite a bit. Yeah,
1: I, I understand he's a good player. He's a young player. He's a player that the Giants should probably want to retain, but he's in the final year of his contract and their GM did not draft him. What would you give up? If you're if you're Dave Guttman right now mm-hmm. and the Chiefs called you and said, we'll give you a second round pick for Landon Collins, would you do it? Yeah. If you're the Chiefs, should you do that? You um no, I maybe a third. I feel like that is one of the guys just in the league. That be I mean, it, the depends. Most it depends. It depends. If that's the
0: best you can do, and you think that's gonna, you know, it almost reminds me of like the Marcus Davenport thing, where well, okay, where you're not giving if you're the Saints, okay, you're giving up first round pick for Marcus Davenport, but if you think Marcus Davenport's gonna win you a Super Bowl, then do it. Like that's that's the way I judge things. You know, I remember started this before, but you know, Stan Van Gundy was on the Zach Lowe's podcast a couple of, maybe a year ago and he's talking about the Richard Lewis contract. And he was like, well, you got the thing the media and fans and sort of armchair analysts don't really grasp about contracts is they view them in a vacuum and they say, okay, well, you paid Richard Lewis too much money. Well, Rashard Lewis is what they needed to get to the finals. And then they got to the finals and then became a contender. And without Richard Lewis, they would not have gotten there. And so, you know, it, it's it, you judge it based on that. And if they didn't have Richard Lewis, there was nobody else who could have taken that spot. Okay? So they had to overpay him, and it was actually a good contract. That was Dan Van Gundy's thought process. And my thought process is sort of similar. If the Chiefs think they won't get to the Super Bowl with, without Landon Collins, then any price is worth it for Landon Collins. That's it. I know that that's not exactly the long game, but in, as we discussed earlier, the, my, my general philosophy is when you have the window, take advantage.
1: His skill set overlaps with Eric Berry's a little bit, which, I mean, if that's, you want to get that. Well, you also just don't know what a healthy Eric Berry looks like. That's exactly right. And why wouldn't you just play three safeties? (laughs) Like, well, who cares? Are you really losing a lot because you're not playing Anthony Hitchens at this point? What's going on with Eric Berry? I really don't know. You probably know better than I do. I'm sure you've been paid more attention to it than I have. You'd be surprised. I mean, I just, I don't, I
0: haven't checked in with it. Every week, I mean. So the the word is that he'll play this season. Yes, but they expect him back. They expect him back. But I, this is very strange to me. I don't know. I it's it's I don't really grasp it. But if he gets, I mean, like we talk about. Uh, let me, let's back up here. We talk about all these potential trade targets, all these things you could add to the Chiefs. Whatever. There's nobody more valuable you could add in with the Chiefs right now than Eric Berry. Yep. But
1: again, which version of Eric Berry? And sure. that is the biggest question. Sure. The one move, I want to talk about this just very briefly. If the Bears yeah. trade Jordan Howard, I will be not happy. Ooh. Like, that's an interesting take because a lot of, uh, I was talking to the Bears fan the other day at the Ringer, who's not you, talking about how much he hates Jordan Howard. I, Jordan Howard is not playing well. He doesn't fit this offense very well. But a fourth round pick for Jordan Howard and then not having him as a basis of your offense, the Bears run a ton of two-back sets. I don't need a fourth round pick for Jordan Howard. I'd rather just try to make the playoffs. Like, I'm all set. Squeezing the most possible value you can out of a guy who makes your offense diversified is not something I need to do. I'm not that. I'm not trying to, like, strip this thing for parts. I'm really not. Okay. And then the one more name I wanted to mention that I feel like is potentially interesting because he's played extremely well this season. Jerry Hughes. If you're Buffalo, why wouldn't you trade a guy who's making $10 million when you're going to be one of the worst teams in the league and be near the top of the of the draft?
0: Mm. I
1: I think it'd be, it's time for a fire sale in Buffalo. I totally agree. And I think that there are players on that defense that I'm not to saying tr- like trade Tredavious White. He's a 22-year-old guy who's very good and is going to be part of your foundation moving forward. Jerry Hughes' contract is up after 2019. Is he really going to be a piece of your franchise as you try to win a Super Bowl four years from now? No. So why wouldn't you try to go get something for him? I think a team that needs pass rushing help absolutely would give up something for Jerry Hughes.
0: Hey, Robert, did you see the football outsiders thing on the Bills quarterbacks?
1: I just, no, I saw the DVOA stuff. But sure. I, the, no, this, yeah. is,
0: this is along those lines.
1: Okay. Josh Allen is the worst
0: quarterback in the league. Nathan Peterman is the third worst quarterback in the league. And newly qualified Derek Anderson is the ninth worst quarterback in the league.
1: That's great. It's good stuff. They're the worst offense of all time through seven weeks.
0: Sean McDermott.
1: Sean McDermott's still a good coach. Sean McDermott, good coach. Speaking of, let's get to this week's take shop. Yeah. All right. Why don't you kick us off, buddy? Okay. So
0: everyone has been sort of floating out this idea that the trade market's going to go haywire this year and that Amari Cooper was the beginning of something. I actually think that Amari Cooper was the end of something because, in my opinion, that price that the Cowboys paid is going to have a ripple effect on the entire trade market. And if you... Let's say you're the Giants and you wanted to get rid of Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard is a pretty solid player. Yet, if you get maybe... what well, A month ago, if, if I told you Sterling Shepard was on the block, what would you say his value is?
1: Fourth-round pick, maybe. Yeah.
0: I mean, he has he has 508 yards a season, 72 yards a game, far more than Amari Cooper. The last two years, by the way, just lapping the field in yards per game on Amari Cooper. 66 per game last year, 72 this year for, for Sterling Shepard with Eli Manning at quarterback. So you'd say fourth-round pick, maybe third-round pick. But if you trade him now for that, People are going to say, What the hell are you doing? The Cowboys gave up a first round pick for Amari Cooper. And so I kind of think that it will have a weird cooling effect because no, there are just a finite amount of teams that are going to pay uh, some sort of, you know, a first round pick, second round pick for a below, I don't even know what you would call Amari Cooper. What, what would you... Let me ask you a question. If you were the Cowboys and you called up Reggie McKenzie as, as the story goes and you said, here's my offer for Amari Cooper, you you, get, you offer what? I'd start at a third round pick.
1: Yeah. And probably pay a second round pick when it was all said and done.
0: I, I would not. I would start with a third round pick and stay with a third round pick.
1: I think Amari Cooper is very talented. Okay. I think Amari Cooper is miscast as a number one receiver on the outside in an offense. That is what he's going to be for Dallas. Yeah. I don't understand what Amari Cooper is supposed to do well in that Cowboys offense. I think it's going to be a supreme disappointment. I think Amari Cooper on the right team can be an extremely useful NFL player and NFL receiver. I think that spot is probably in the slot, and I don't think that spot is for the Cowboys. That's what I'll say.
0: Yeah. I, I don't I don't think it's a very smart move. That's... That's... uh saying it lightly. And, you know, this idea, one of the things I said on Twitter was that I think you could have gotten 10 better players, at least 10 better players than Amari Cooper for first round pick. And all these people were like, well, name them, you know, like these, these tough guys who are like, name the 10, we're going to name the 10. And it's not that there are, it's not that I have a lack of 10. It's that there's probably too many People to name, you know, I mean, I, it's like, again, I just told you Sterling Shepard, the last, I'm not saying Sterling Shepard's more, um, more talented than, than Amari Cooper. I'm certainly not saying that, but what I am saying is that he has a lot more yards per game in both last year and this year than Amari Cooper, you know, Zach Cram, who does an incredible job on our research. As soon as the trade happened, he, uh, he, (laughs) he, he said that since the beginning of the 2017 season, which was what, 22 games ago, that. Amari Cooper, I think, is 43rd in yards. The person ahead of him is Jermaine Curse, and the person behind him is Danny Amendola. That's amazing. So, That's so, great. Shouts to Zach Cram. Zach Cram is an absolute beast. I love we, Zach Cram, man. Oh, my God. And he's so good. But he's better. Zach Cram is better than Amari
1: Cooper. You, if you're the Cowboys, job. you should trade a first-round pick for, Amari, for Zach Cram instead dude, of Amari Zach, Cooper. Zach Cram would help the Cowboys win. You know how this works, though. Amari Cooper is 24 years old, and he's not about to turn 25 either. Yeah, and he's, and he's all but wait, he's also making 13.9 million dollars next year. Correct. And you have to sign him to an extension most likely. Yeah. This so is what not, is that? It's not Everyone, cheap.
0: Everyone's like, "Oh, he's 24 years old. Who gives a shit?" The point of 24 years, years old
1: is that they're cheap. I am playing Devils Advocate here, my man. If you're the Cowboys, I know, I, know, that's I know I'm, I'm not yelling going. at you. I'm just yelling. If you're the Cowboys, that is your thought process. Oh, he's 24. He was the fourth overall pick. Yeah. Absolutely. He's worth the first rounder. That's no. not how this stuff works, but it's no. how it happens.
0: A couple of years ago, I remember talking to somebody who worked for Nick Saban in Miami. And they said, you just have to remember, he's not yelling at you. He's just
1: yelling. And that's what I was doing there. I wasn't yelling at you. I was just yelling. <laughs> I'm sure that's what a lot of people say about Nick Saban. All right, here's mine. And, and this is not related to Amari Cooper at all. And it's only tangentially related to the trade market. I wrote about this a little bit today. You can go check it out on the ringer.com. Just about how crazy I feel like the potential 2019 quarterback carousel could be. Mm-hmm. And last year, we knew it was going to be crazy because of all the rookies, right? So we're sitting there with Rosen, Darnold, Baker, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. You had five guys most likely going in the first round that were going to be the future of their teams. You had Kirk Cousins hitting free agency. You had Jimmy Garoppolo possibly hitting free agency. There was all this stuff where it was like, oh man, the movement's going to be nuts. And it was easy and plain to see. It's not as plain to see now because as we've talked about dozens of times on this show, most teams have a plan at quarterback. But I feel like what most teams have is an obvious plan. And I think the movement this offseason will be a little crazier and a little bit just more head spinning than we're giving it credit for right now. Because let's think about the teams that could potentially make a move at quarterback. The Giants, almost certainly. The Raiders, possibly. The Dolphins, possibly, with all the talk that's going on about Tannehill. The Jaguars, most likely. Mm -hmm. Also, let's not discount the Bucs maybe moving on from Jameis Winston. Let's not discount the fact that the Titans can do the exact same thing with Marcus Mariota.
0: What about John Gruden? What about him? I mean, I'm ready to believe anything with John Gruden. Oh, I mentioned and, the Raiders. And, I already said the Raiders. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, John, I, I had a conversation the other day with a Raiders uh, fan, friend of mine. And he was like, can you imagine what John Gruden is going to do this offseason with literally a, a limitless possibilities, but also now he's just, he, again, he's feeling himself because he now has three first-round picks. He, you know what he might try to do? He might try to like package those picks for some like middle-of-the-road veteran. I can't wait until he trades two of them for Derek. Or for, I was gonna say Derek Carr. Derek Carr for Khalil Mack. We're gonna we're gonna sell this pass rush man. John
1: Gruden. John Gruden has broken my brain. Cause I, I just said that the Raiders were gonna trade for Derek Carr. I was thinking of the Giants trading for Derek Carr and got confused. But th- this has all been too much. For wait, me. who
0: who who was your your guy? Who who do you think he was gonna package a picks for? Oh, I don't know, Case Keenum. You know, Some, like Matt, somebody right. like no that. no no. It would be like it would be like three first-round picks for Matthew Stafford or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, 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 I said this in my column this week, and it was the first thing I thought of when the trade was made. John Gruden is literally John Mulaney's horse in the hospital bit. We just have no idea what's going to happen. The horse used the elevator. The ho- I, we didn't know he knew how to do this. I didn't know he knew how to do, do that. that. I, that's what this is. I, I I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. There's nine more years of this. He might just go full apocalypse now. Like I, this is, it, there's any, literally anything is on the table. I could believe he is in the Tyson zone. The Oakland Raiders are in the Tyson zone. If you were to tell me that in from, from 2022 to 2024, they just won three straight Super Bowls for some reason. I'd be like, yes, absolutely. If I were to tell you that they, they, Seceded from the NFL and are are now just running, you know, their own weird renegade league. I'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, I I don't even know what's going
1: to happen. There's a horse loose in the hospital, and all I can think of is when I'm checking Twitter about the NFL. It's like, what the horse do? What the horse do? the horse do. Yeah, horse do? Yes. that's that's all. That's, that's my online life right now. Is what did the he horse do the about John day, Gruden? The other day, he was like,
0: I've never. Everyone says that I hate rookies but I'm playing 10 rookies. What do you think of that, America? It, who are you talking to, dude?
1: You're at a press p- conference. As he said, no one knows what the horse is going to do next. Yeah. Le- Least of all the horse. That's he has no it. idea what he's saying.
0: I, this is th- I, I've never in my life had a more apt. Like it, I've never come up with a more apt comparison than John Gruden and the horse in the
1: hospital. That's it. This is my peak. But we've we've talked about this before. Who is the horse in the hospital? It's Donald Trump. The the John Gruden-Donald Trump thing is way too similar. I just cannot get over it. All right. Do you want to get to the best three games of the week? Uh, Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Let's start off with Aaron versus Aaron. Aaron Donald versus Aaron Rodgers. Packers going to the undefeated Rams. This game was more exciting at the beginning of the season than it is right now. But I'm still looking forward to it. Sure. So... Rodgers is the biggest
0: underdog of his career. Nine and a half points. It started at 10 and a half. Do you think
1: that's wrong? Uh, so I shouldn't talk to you about gambling anymore. You've made way too many people way too much money recently. I am absolutely crushing it. I am, I believe,
0: 10 and two in my last uh, three weeks against a spread. Or for this, whatever you want to call it, I'm just I'm just hitting it. It's funny because when Bill came up with the idea for worst picks, this was he was either like you're either going to be incredible picking the bad games or just hitting it at like a accidentally unprecedented rate.
1: Yeah, which is exactly what's happening, and I love every single. So of it. Uh,
0: this is this is like one of those weird. I I can't remember if there was a time that this existed. Do you know the regular season record for? Um, Rogers being an underdog as far as w- w- when the last time he was a uh, he's never been ab- above a six point underdog in the regular season he's been an eight point underdog in uh, in the playoffs he's never been more than a six point underdog in the regular season who was the team he was a six point underdog to in the regular season
1: I'm sure it was in like 2008 so I do not remember no
0: no it was 2010 and you, 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 it, 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 literally when I say this you might have a stroke it was the 2010
1: Rex Ryan Jets oh Rex Ryan Jets okay that's I just funny
0: we just forgot that that team. I just forgot that team was good. Like yeah. I, rem- I was there. Yeah. I was there. I covered that team for 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 part of training camp.
1: Like yeah, I was there. I worked for the Wall the Street Rex, Journal. The Rex Ryan this that, that era in general is just. It's baffling. It's so strange to just imagine that it happened and to believe that it's real. Well, you
0: know what it was? It was just like 2009, 2010, 2011. It was the beginning of the passing boom because 2011 was the year that all the records were broken and like shotgun. But, you know, 2007 Patriots really, really did change football. They were the first team to have shotgun offense, um, the shotgun offense as their primary uh, offense, that kind of thing. And I just don't think anyone really figured out how to play football. Does that make sense? And so yes. Rex Ryan was just like bringing seven guys on one side and like all these inefficient offenses were like, well, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do.
1: I would really have loved to have known Sean Fennessy before the Rex Ryan Jets. Mm-hmm. Just to see like what his personality was like. I imagine that Mark Sanchez just beat so much out of him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I, I just, that's all I know. I, I, just, I just know. I, I just... I really... Just all Jets fans. I would love to have known them previously. I knew no Jets fans before 2011. And I just cannot imagine what that era was like. Do you know what's funny is sometimes we get like Twitter complaints about how we just
0: start talking about one thing. and We get on a tangent, never get on the other thing. I can see a number of Rams and Packers fans just like pointing at their phone saying, is this the Packers and Rams preview? All right, let's do this very quickly. (laughs) Not that I am. I am usually in charge of the tangents. I'm just saying.
1: I don't think that the Packers, just in terms of their secondary talent, have a lot of chance to hold up against this Rams passing game, even without Agree. Cooper cup, even Agree. without Cooper cup. I mean, if you're throwing Jackson on woods in the slot, I just don't think that that's going to work out very well for the Packers. This is a weird game because in terms of the Packers pass protection against most teams, they're well set up to slow down pass rushes because their two best offensive linemen are tackles. Uh, the Rams two best defensive linemen are not ends. So I feel like this is one of those games where Donald and Sue could just eat. And mm-hmm. if Rodgers is going to bounce around back there, I feel like those pockets are just going to collapse. So I'll be very curious to see what type of pass protection they get, how they go about slowing down Donald, and if those guards can hold up. Because again, you know, Bakhtar, Bakhtar is a god, and Brian Blago is very good. The guards leave something to be desired. And Aaron Donald is playing at an absurd level right now.
0: One of the things that complicates this Packers season is I, I agree with you. I don't think there's very little hope the Packers will win this game outright at all. They'll be three, three, and one. And they'll be in this little zone that basically every team in the league is in. I mean, the Falcons are three and four, the Bucs are three and three, uh, the Lions and Bears are three and three, the Eagles and Cowboys are three and four. Essentially, one of them will have four wins at some point. And so there, there's just this real glut of mediocrity in in the NFC. And in the AFC too. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean everybody's just sort of grouped together. And that, by the way, that's going to complicate the trade deadline because you don't know who's buying and who's selling. And I just, I, I'm really intrigued to see where the Packers' season goes from here. Because again, I'm ready to, I'm
1: ready to believe anything. I totally am too. It's funny that you say the buying and the. They selling had, by the way, by the
0: way, they had the. Do you know what their schedule is? They they play the Patriots next week.
1: Oh yeah, it's a brutal stretch, isn't
0: it? Uh, Patriots, Dolphins, Seahawks, Vikings, and then the uh, Arizona Cardinals.
1: Oh, well, nice. that the Cardinals is better. Um, I so when you say buyers and sellers, I, I think that's a fascinating point because who's one of the guys that had been thrown out consistently that might get traded just based on where the team was going and the contract situation it was Golden Tate, and yeah. the, the Lions just went out and got Damon Harrison. Yeah, like it, it's. I have no idea how these teams view themselves and whether or not they think they have a shot. And if I were Detroit two weeks ago, I probably would have been selling a guy like Golden Tate because his contract's up at the end of the season. And now you're going out and getting defensive players. It's so interesting. I, I don't know what to make of it.
0: I it's on. It's like those trade uh, baseball trade deadline columns where it's just like, well, we don't know who's a buyer and who's a seller. Yeah. And then you And then you just find out. I mean, I think this Sunday could do a lot. I mean, if you're a team that's. I don't know if you have, say, if you're the Colts, okay, and you win on Sunday. I don't
1: think you're selling if you're the Colts. So, who would you be selling?
0: Who? Oh, are you, you selling? mean
1: buying? No, yeah, what,
0: I, what, what I'm saying is they play the Raiders. Yeah, on Sunday, if they win that game, they're three and five, and they you look at your division, and let's say the Texans, you know, do not do not continue their winning ways. You're the Colts. Could you talk yourself into winning the division at that point with a, with Andrew Luck, who seems to be rolling? If he, if they just light up the Raiders, could you talk yourself into adding a player at the deadline?
1: That'd be hard for me to do. No, I think I'm, Chris uh, Ballard is more self aware than that.
0: Uh, all, all I'm doing is is just saying that there's almost there's very few teams who are automatic sellers. Yes, I, I mean think for that's God's true. Sakes, we've identified that, them.
1: The Bills have two wins, dude. I mean, the Bills should be sellers. I mean, if, if the Bills aren't sellers, well, they're going to lose. The, they're going to lose to the Patriots. What if they yeah, beat the? The, the Patriots? Bills should be sellers.
0: What if they beat the Patriots and they're just the best team in football? <laughs> the best. I mean, they might be the best defense in football. And then they sport. trade for Ha Clinton Dix and they trade for uh, for Landon Collins and they just,
1: they just they don't need any defensive players. I don't though. care. That's the
0: thing. I don't care. Can either
1: of those guys play quarterback? They trade a question. first round pick for Amari Cooper. Here is a team we did not mention. When it comes to buyers and sellers, and they're a team that has maybe one of the more defined holes on their roster in the entire league, but we've also mentioned how there aren't many players available at this spot. Mm-hmm. If the Texans don't trade for a offensive alignment at this tr- at this trade deadline, then someone needs to be like ejected from the stadium. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's the third string guy like on so and so's practice squad. You need to bring in someone before next week ends. They have $25 million in cap space and they're winning their division. Okay. Right. I I support it. I I just don't know how you cannot just say someone has to be out there and just make every call to every team being like is so and so available.
0: I would have to. I would do. Do you know these people? I don't do it. Do you know these people who um, put all the car dealerships on one email and make them bid against each other? No, that sounds fun, though. There's some people in our in our orbit who do that in and, our orbit? Um, wow. Okay. Uh, and and it was just I got some car buying advice when I bought a car out here. And there's just people who who work with us who were like,
1: oh, here's how are you as a haggler? You a good haggler?
0: I have. Uh, I'm not a good haggler, and so I, I'm a terrible I have, I haggler. Have, I'm adjacent to a good haggler, and so uh, <laughs> Does
1: she. That handles, mean your wife is a good haggler. She, yes. she
0: handles the negotiations um, <laughs> as, as far as cars and stuff,
1: and so. Um, I'm adjacent to a good haggler,
0: dude. You got to know your strengths and weaknesses. Hey, man. that's right.
1: You got to be adjacent to good hagglers, man. I get it.
0: I just, I, I'm just like, this is my associate, and then we just crush it. <laughs> um, but I kind of feel like if I were a GM, and I, I, I want to be clear on this. Both of us, I, th- I don't want to lump you in unfairly. I would be an awful GM, and I'd team, be terrible. My, at my it. team would go 0 16 every season. I'd have 40 guards. Well, I, it's more—it's just an administrative position more than we think. Like, it's more yes. of like, a, what's the deadline for this? When do we have to have the tender tender qualify? Oh, I'd, I would lose a, dra- be a pick great. in
1: every draft. I would forget yeah, to oh, put absolutely. the card in
0: every draft. Absolutely, and like I, I would be terrible with the charts and stuff. My ideal, if, if 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 somehow I came into like a couple billion dollars and was after all the haggling was done, um, if I got a couple billion dollars and I had to, like, do something, I would just be, like, chief advice guy. I would just have, like,
1: great big ideas, and then somebody else would implement them. What I would do is, I would be really good at, like, the figurehead stuff, and then I'd just have Zach Crown yeah. do everything. No, really. Like, or And, like, a team of, like, really
0: smart 25-year-olds who know when the deadlines are, and they, yeah. can, make, they can make charts. By the way, be like, that's what all if NFL teams should this? do. What if we did this? I remember talking to Jonathan Kraft a couple of years ago for a story I did about sort of management, and um, he, I quoted him on this, and and he said... That all he does is he just walks into the room and just makes sure we're think. He he makes sure that we're all thinking about things the right way. Like he'll just go in and be like, "Oh, we're negotiating with Brady. Well, have you thought about this, this, and this?" And Belichick would be like, "Yep," and he'd be like, "Okay, cool. I'm I'm gonna go be down the hall." That's kind that of what I, would I would want. Do. The, I
1: want that job. That sounds great. Well, guess how he got that job? Yeah, I don't really have that sort of those sort of connections. All right, two more games here. Let's knock these out. Second one I want to talk about: Saints Vikings, man. Sunday night football it's not quite the headline. I feel like we're saying this about all of them. It's not quite the headliner it was at the beginning of the season. But I don't know It's still that. a huge game.
0: I don't know about that. I, I think this is, I think I'm, we're going to learn a lot about these two teams. First of all, Adam Thielen against one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL who decided Eli Apple. I think
1: that's intriguing to me. Yeah, and that's, that's on- a problem. I mean, Lattimore probably going to be on digs just because Lattimore's an outside corner. So you assume Thielen's going to eat in this game. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yes. And, and what they'll do, how, how they... Because I, I think these two teams are going to probably play in the playoffs. Um, or, Vikings or, aren't making the playoffs. The Vikings are not making the playoffs. It's going no. to be the Bears? Chicago Bears, NFC North champions. Okay. Uh, and, I've come around.
1: I'm in. I'm back but in. They're after also the, not, the not going to win the wild card either? I'm kidding. They absolutely could. I'd probably bet on the Vikings.
0: So, what? I, Al Golden is is... Suing Miami for three million dollars. How did we, we be get su- here? Shouldn't we be suing him? I just saw the headline. Okay, all right. So listen, I think that there, and then, and then on the other side, you have Drew Brees against a defense that I'm not really sure what to believe. You know, I saw Courtney Cronin's tweet this morning about Everson Griffin when he was in the lineup. They were at 35 percent pressure rate. When he's out. It's twenty eight percent. Obviously, that is that story is is a little bigger than football, and, uh, and we hope everything's good there. But from a football perspective, um, that's made a difference. And I'm really intrigued to see Drew Brees. You know, I think Mike Hughes is out for the season. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And so you start. So to, Mackenzie Alexander's just in that spot. Mackenzie Alexander in that spot.
1: What do we think of
0: Mackenzie Alexander right now in 2018, Robert Mays? He's been very disappointing. I yeah. was excited
1: about him coming in. He's not been good. That's why Mike Hughes got that job in general. Right. I think they needed my cues to take that spot. The biggest problem with that defense, though, is not the corners. Uh, ha- they haven't played to their potential, and now Xavier Rhodes is dealing with that ankle, and we'll see. It's been the linebackers, man. Yep. They are dead last in DVOA in passes to running backs, and they're about to play a team with Alvin fucking Kamara. Like, this is going to be a problem. I, I just don't have a lot of faith in how well those two guys are playing, and maybe they turn it around, But and now you have these complications with what they're going to do with Anthony Barr's contract. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty there. Did you, uh, did you know the story
0: about how Mike Zimmer denied an Anthony Barr trade report the day I was there that didn't exist?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of weird stuff going on that week. He was he was hurt or he wasn't hurt. They kept him out. The Anthony Barr situation has just been a top ten like undercovered. What the hell is going on? Situation. In the league. It's been up and down. The yo-yoing of his play every season has been just remarkable and it's really hard to bet on a guy that's probably going to want a lot of money when that's the case so here's my thought
0: last week the vikings scored 37 points they haven't really with the exception of the bills game that we all agreed did not happen they've been (laughs) really good on offense they've scored 23 points each week something like that that's what i'm looking at here with the exception again of the bills game that did not happen so i guess are you expecting a shootout and if you expect a shootout, do you actually think that that's Drew Brees' territory because Brees is the best offensive, pure offensive numbers quarterback of this era, or is it the Vikings' territory because they have just a slightly
1: better defense? I think it's Breeze's territory because right. I have faith in the Saints' defensive line against the Vikings' offensive line. I feel like there are going to be more plays made that can swing the game on the other side, even though the Saints' defense is worse, if that makes sense. And,
0: and, well, also, you have to look at the Rams game, which is sort of the a, a good guidepost for this game. They gave up 556 yards yeah. to the Los Angeles Rams, and once you see that that can happen, it can happen again. And, and that's sort of the way I, I, I land on this Vikings defense is if they had just, even if they had kept that Rams team to 25 points instead of 38 points, it's a different story. But once you give up
1: 556, you six, you're the type of defense you can give up 556. Yes. And this Vikings or the Saints team is completely built to take advantage of the weak points of the Vikings defense. Yep. I mean, you have Mackenzie Alexander guarding Michael Thomas, and you have the team that's worse in the league right now defending running back passes covering Alvin Kamara. I feel like there are going to be a lot of points in this, and I, I would heavily favor the Saints right now. Agree. Even if I do feel like later in the season, it could be a more interesting, more pivotal, more meaningful matchup. I, I, I agree. I'm looking forward to this game in the playoffs. I agree. All right. Ravens-Panthers. I feel like this is a really good test for the Ravens because they're going to Carolina. This Panthers team has been good on offense, you know, they've had some stuff working. I've liked watching them, but I think that this Ravens defense is a bad matchup for Carolina. I just don't know what they're going to be able to do against Baltimore because running the ball against this team just does not go.
0: Yeah. No, I mean I, I'm intrigued by this. I think that did you see I, I, I want to talk briefly about Cam Newton. There was a next gen stats thing the other day about uh the fastest players in the league. Did you see this? I did not. So, it's basically guys who have had, you know, long runs where they broke, I don't know, 20 miles per hour. Something like that, right? I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I was just blown away by it. Guys who were consistently fast. And it was all the names you'd expect. Guys like Tyreek Hill, etc., etc. And then Cam Newton was just there. He was the only non-sort of, you know, running back or wide receiver that was there. And I, I just... I feel like in a weird way, we sleep on how good of an athlete and how much of a unicorn Cam Newton is. Oh, he's from outer space. I mean, and we don't we don't talk
1: about it enough. I, I no. don't, under, And I don't know why that is. I mean, it's because his play as a quarterback ping-pongs a little bit. Yeah. But I... I yeah, he is unbelievable to watch. I mean, he has a skill set that no other quarterback in NFL history has ever had. I mean, you have guys that are big. You know, Ben Roethlisberger's big. But... Cam Newton is maybe the most athletic quarterback in football. I mean, who maybe. Would be number
0: one right now? Maybe I, I, he might be the most athletic quarterback in the history of the game when you just look at the metrics.
1: Russell Wilson is extremely interesting. Uh, yeah, Cam Newton six I think, foot five. Ag- agreed. Robert Griffin was unbelievable in his rookie year. Just watching the guy move around the field. But wait for till, their career, I would Griffin. say Cam. Wait,
0: wait till Griffin gets into Jacksonville.
1: <laughs> it's over. It's a whole different ball game.
0: Anyway, the the intriguing thing here is just this Ravens defense a week after doing a pretty good job, by the way, on Drew Brees and losing in a fluke-fluke way. Um, I'm intrigued to see how they bounce back. You know, the Panthers, don't want to say they
1: saved their season last week, but the narrative certainly flipped if they hadn't scored 21 fourth-quarter points. Here's what I also want to say. I think this Panthers defense is overrated. And I think that if they give up a decent amount of points to a Baltimore offense that no one's really scared of, that it could kind of change the narrative about how Mm -hmm. people view that defense. I mean, this is one of the first games in a long time where the Ravens are coming in against a defense that people perceive as good. And I would 100% give the advantage to the Ravens receivers over the corners they're about to play. I think that right now, John Brown and Michael Crabtree are playing better than James Bradbury mm-hmm. and Jackson. I mean, and that just hasn't been the case for the Ravens for a while. And I think that's why this Ravens team is a Agreed. little bit different. I also feel like this Panthers team needs to get a little bit of pressure in order to shut teams down in the passing game. And they're just not going to do that against the Baltimore offensive line. That's actually been really good this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I
1: favor the Ravens in this one. All right, Kevin, before we get out of here very fast, let's, do, let's get some Maze Geeks out with some Kevin Sneaky Truth. I talked about this a little bit on Twitter uh, during the game on Sunday because I want to talk about it last week. We didn't get to it. I want to talk about Phillip Rivers and just the nature of anticipation as a quarterback because when you watch him play, that touchdown he threw to Tyrell Williams down the left sideline against Tennessee, go back and watch when he releases that ball. Uh, It is about three steps before Williams even starts that double move and he knows it's going to be a touchdown. And when you're watching them play, I I mean, we've discussed this a little bit on the show, He leads the league right now in quarterback rating while under pressure. And part of the reason he's able to do that is because when other people are having to kind of observe the secondary and where the pieces are moving and then make throws and there's a little bit of traffic around their feet, they get distracted by the people that are pressuring them and they only see those guys. They dip their eyes, then they have to relift their eyes and then it's hard to make the right choice. Rivers barely looks at the guy's down the field when he diverts his eyes back there because he knows where they're going to be. He is one of the smartest players that has ever played in the NFL. And it permeates every single element of who he is as a quarterback. So when you're watching that team play, just watch how he navigates the interior of the pocket when it's crumbling and watch how willing he is to let throws go when guys don't look like they're open because he trusts the route combination against the coverage. I mean, it really is unbelievable just the feel he has for what certain plays of his look like against certain coverages.
0: ask you a question. What do the Chargers need to do, in your opinion, to have a chance against the Chiefs in a playoff game? Get
1: Joey Bosa back and get their corners right. But what does get their corners right mean? I think those guys just need to start playing better. It's the same guys, but they need Williams to start playing better. And I think that Desmond King is on the come up. That's what they need. They need their corners to be who they were last season. And I think that that's a possibility. Yeah,
0: I agree. It's going to be really interesting to me. Okay, real quick. This, so this was submitted as a take shot by a reader named Nick it graduated from Take Shop and Sneaky Truth very quickly. It's that... It's a big move. The Saints have three better quarterbacks than the Jacksonville Jaguars have one. Do you think that's true? So, they have two. Clearly have two. Now, here's my question. So, Taysom Hill being the third. That's where, that's where we get into it. Now, Taysom Hill is completing... He has 10 passing yards this year, okay? He's clearly just a runner. But the question I guess is if you had him b- back there just doing athletic things and his rushing at this point, he has at least he's averaging his average per game is 5.8 then 4.6 then 7.0 then 13.0 because he, you know, he he can when he gets back there he consistently gets decent yardage. So I guess the question is not whether or not Taysom Hill is a better passer than Blake Bortles. I don't know the answer to that. We, we won't know unless Taysom Hill plays 16 games at some point as, as a quarterback, which is unlikely to happen. But if you had Taysom Hill back there doing athletic things for 60 snaps a game, are they better off than having Blake Bortles? That's the question. Robert,
1: what's the answer? I think the answer is still no. It's a, I like it. I, I would watch it, but I think the answer is still no. I would watch it too. That's really all that matters. Yeah. I, I mean, if they ran like Air Force's offense or Georgia Tech's do it. I'd watch that. I'd be interested in that. Yeah. I don't so know I, if the defense is good enough
0: at this point. I don't, that that's the I, they definitely have two quarterbacks better than the one, but I think that maybe it's like two and a half. Yeah, I, I think it's Bortles, definitely conversations think,
1: we're talking about. That's what I'd say.
0: I also think that here's a question. If Blake Bortles went to New Orleans next year in training camp, he would not make the team. No, Because they wouldn't carry four quarterbacks for no reason, and he's and they need Hill
1: for that weird stuff.
0: Yeah, so you could look at it that way. He would not make the team if he was if he was a the fourth quarterback in New Orleans.
1: Yeah, that's fair. All right, buddy. Uh, Very quickly, do you want to talk about a Thursday night game that neither of us are going to watch because we're both going to be at concerts? Uh, Not really, but yes. Uh, Texans Dolphins. Brock Osweiler revenge game. This is I really want to see the Texans win this game. Just yeah, in the sense that so. if, if if we are all right, if you're really gonna win that division, if you're going to be the team, these mm-hmm. are the type of games you need to win. Mm-hmm. Just flat out. I mean, the Dolphins pass rush has not been good. It's the number one weakness for that Houston team. If they can keep Deshaun Jackson somewhat upright, I think that even if you're gonna sacrifice DeAndre Hopkins to Xavier and Howard, I still feel like Will Fuller can do some stuff. I just think that this Texas team is better than the, than the Dolphins are. Just point blank. And yeah. this is the type of game you need to win
0: agree can't wait to see brock osweiler take his revenge on the team that randomly gave him
1: 72 million dollars and by that you mean seeing brian fallon play great expectations acoustic (laughs) yeah is he good does he play it every night uh he's playing it most of the nights a lot of there's several gaslight songs it's fun oh excellent all right uh that's great that's it for us all right as always guys thank you so much for listening to the ringer nfl show on the ringer podcast network we'll be back sunday night